Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So I've been watching a lot of baseball now that we are back in the mode, and I gotta say the uh, MLB app plays a whole lot of little tiny clips that I am gonna be tired of really, really fast. I'm hoping that they get tired of them too, right? Like that's a that's a lot of editing for somebody to do. I I know, but but it's the same ones like a million times, like a mm. Goldschmidt grabbing the ball that's next to the bird. <laughs> But one of them that keeps on getting my attention is there's one that's for the site that's someone hitting for the cycle. And I just keep on thinking to myself, that's the that's a stat that I would be obsessed with. If I was a major league player who could like do most anything, like that would be the thing that I would love to have. That's such a crowning achievement. It really is a crowning achievement. It really it takes a really unique outing. But it can almost happen to anyone. So I don't know if it's the the best quote-unquote stat or achievement. I mean, you have to reach a certain threshold, I agree. But normally the guys that are regularly jacking homers are not the guys regularly hitting triples. Right, and that's what's, that's what's pretty impressive about it. But that's, that's what makes me think that it's a lot of luck-driven. Because you kind of get four hits in a game is well, okay, in and of yes. itself, pretty awesome. No, I, a home run in a game is pretty darn awesome. But like, name name a player this year that you might expect would get the hit for the cycle, other than Mike Trout, the guy who like is always a threat for it, Adrian Beltre. <laughs> I, uh, he is. That's that's a good point. So I guess, but my I guess my point of saying that is that there's a there's a very small subset of guys that you even think that the cycle is possible for, but then other guys hit for the cycle. That's true. That is, but that is clearly true. Yeah. All right. So are we burying the lead here? We've talked about a lot of baseball. We've lost sight of what's really important. New solo trailer. Not very solo, quite frankly. There have been three or so. I gotta be honest, I didn't like it. You didn't like it? Wow. I am less concerned about the 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 lead now than I was before. I think, like, fine, passable, the plot seems to be coming together and all these things. But it's, like, some of the magic is, is bugging me. And I am just not here for the what the droids have become. Why are there so many droids? They're, and they're doing weird things with them. I mean, Rogue One featured, like, you know, whatever that snarky droid's name is. Yeah. I, I don't need that. Yeah, does there have to be a droid in every single one of these bands of of lackeys? Like, it has to be a different droid and, like... Totally unique. I, I mean... I mean, is it... Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree. The only thing that I'll say and is that are we just completely see 3PO humor biased. Like, 
Oh, I mean, I think the buddy cop of C-3PO and R2-D2 is is timeless. But, and but C-3PO has... gone away from that. <laughs> C-3PO has goofy off-the-wall lines, too. So are we just... If we're thinking objectively. So are these lines just not part of C-3PO's mannerisms and so we're bothered by them? Or... Hurry up, Goldenrod, or you're going to become a permanent resident. <laughs> or the jokes at him. Yes. No, I agree. Yeah. I don't know. There's something some, sums up with the droids. Really was not feeling it in Rogue One. And mm. they got to, I don't know. This week on the pod, Eric is going to talk about what to do if your team is not stealing bases. And then after the break, I'm going to get into some small number statistics, do a little bit of modeling, and try and come at the stolen base problem through a slightly different lens. So take it away, Eric. Rule number one, as we're going to discuss later, don't panic. (laughs) (laughs) We're a week into the season. One week is a very small sample. Um, So don't panic. That being said... (laughs) You may have an inkling that your team is slow. I'm not saying (laughs) mentally incompetent or whatever or um, not able to get across the street, but the aim of this section and this series in general is to dive into individual stats and figure out ways that we can plan around our weaknesses. Uh, Stolen bases, I like that we're starting here because stolen bases tends to feel like one of the more clear-cut things to me yeah we're gonna you're gonna even though it's like silly to make um you know big changes in week one like this is the this is the one stat where you know if your team isn't going to be able to do it (laughs) yes (laughs) come week 20 yes i i completely agree with that you know if you're going to be out there looking for the guys that randomly stole a base last week and getting excited about it (laughs) yeah exactly um, last year, we covered stolen bases twice. Uh, we talked about them during 1.03 uh, when Mike was doing his work characterizing the fantasy stats. And then in 118, when I did a dive on a few players, that's when I compared Carlos Correa to Machado and said that he was Machado. <laughs> All right, so where where are we right now? Um, so... I wanted to go in, start with some of the summary stats. 68 of the top 300 players from last year um, had more than 10 stolen bases. Now, that sounds... High. That sounds fine, but no, that's, that's high. 22, 22%. That's right in line with where it was last year. Is that true? Yeah. I guess I guess I should have thought harder. I think the thing that, that viscerally got me is that the number... I'm surprised by the number 68. Right, 68 that's sounds a lot high, of guys. but it's not. That's only 20%. That's one in five. Yeah, but it's four guys a team. That's four guys per team in a standard league. Right, can score, can get you 10 bags. Half a, half a bag per week. Okay, all right, all right. A third of a bag per week. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Right, a third to a half of a bag per all week. Right. Four guys can. So what does that end up being? Four guys getting you... You get a bag a week a third from, to a a four, from those four guys. <laughs> yeah, potentially, potentially <laughs> two. two. <laughs> yeah, right. One every so, three weeks. So two yeah. stolen okay. bases a all week right. from from these guys if they're all in that ten stolen base range. 
Now, six of the top 300, and this is where it's small, six of the top 300 had more than 30 stolen bases. That is low. That is a low number. I mean, the curve is so peaked. Oh, yeah. Such a weird group last year. Let me just bring that up. Who? It was D. Gordon, uh-huh. Billy Hamilton, Trey Turner, yeah. Whit Merrifield, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cameron Maven. Oh, that's right. And then Jose Altuve. Yes. The Maven was the was the surprise. Maven was surprise, and Whit Merrifield was, I mean, if we were going into last Ascendant. year, no one would have would have expected. Right. <laughs> so last year, I mean, so that's you know that's a little bit of an interesting thing. Last year, specialists, according to Mike, um, pre twenty seventeen included Billy Hamilton, ended up getting fifty nine stolen bases, Starling Marte. He was on vacation for 100 games or so. Weird. Weird how that happened. <laughs> yeah. Can you prorate uh, that? <laughs> well, I wish. Uh, but he's he's at 21 stolen bases still. I know. That's I mean, so you prorate that and he hits 40, right? Uh, he's He would be pretty close yeah. if he was... Four. He had yeah, like a little less. 20 at-bats. Um, Rajay Davis, I didn't even realize that he played last year and he got 29 stolen bases. <laughs> I don't know who the Perez is that Hernan. you put a question mark. Hernan Perez, he got 13 or so, somewhere in the low teens. Gerard Dyson didn't even get to like 400 at-bats or whatever. 28 stolen bases. Um, D. Gordon, 60, right? Nice. <laughs> uh, Jankowski, only four. Elvis Andres, 25. Peraza, 23, and Chris Owings. I want to say Mika Owings, but it's been way too long. I understand that you're that you're saying this to say that I was wrong last year. <laughs> no, what I was what I was trying to point out, and this is the last two pieces, is it's actually harder to predict than you would expect. No, it's not. It's it's not. It's not in the sense that <laughs> in the sense that it's all plate appearance tied. So. Because yes. these guys were all going to get it if they got their plate appearances. But all the guys that, that fell short were because they didn't get their plate appearances for one reason or another. Hernan Perez got to 432, so he could have gotten... Maybe 20. Probably not. Probably not 20. So that's the only one that... Okay, I, so one, and... one out of 10? Give me another category where you're going to predict the top... You know the top of the distribution to within ninety percent. No, but right, you're you're you you've got a good point that these are. I mean, all of these guys, Hernan Perez and um, Mika Owings here, um, not quite making it into that that elite status if you were to weight it by at bats. But that's mm-hmm. still. I mean, those are still guys that are more effective than. <laughs> Than twenty two percent of <laughs> yeah, the, if you prorate it to twenty two percent of the stolen base people, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. all but twenty two percent. Now, and this is where I want to have some caution here. Is like we cannot say anything right now, one fantasy weekend into the season, because Tim Anderson and Trey Turner are on ninety and eighty plus stolen base paces, respectively. If they were to get 550 at-bats, which is now around the yeah. <laughs> projection yeah. for these players. 
Again, don't panic. No. See, I, I actually strongly disagree that you can't make any inferences, and that's the whole point of the stuff that I'm going to talk about after the break. Uh-oh. Well, you can't make any inferences? I, I'm sort of saying you can't. Just don't go off of those. I'm I'm telling you that I believe one of them. And Uh-oh. I'll let you figure out which one it is. Well, I hope it's Trey Turner. <laughs> One of the things that I wanted to do was look at the preseason clusters, uh, because still at this point in the season, I think project preseason projections are, you know, better suited for figuring out what a player's going to do by the end of the season than, you know, the stats in that first week. Mike's probably going to disagree with this in the next section. But, you know, I'm looking at the clustering exercise that we did on the projections and um, finding all of those um all those tie interceptors mm-hmm. all the guys that were tie interceptors aka the fast guys the ones that were going to get more than 30 stolen bases if they got to 600 at bats you know there are not a lot of guys here mm-hmm. right yep cuz i mean preseason projection wise but you had billy hamilton d gordon trey turner delander de shields jonathan vr Jose Peraza. But that makes sense, right? I mean, it's this is stolen bases is is unique in how specialized of a category it is. Oh, absolutely. So Mike, you want to hear a couple of players that if they get to six hundred at bats are gonna be killed. Love to. Love to. Ahmed Rosario, mm. who mm-hmm. was a big name last year, but is um, you know, kind of post post-hype prospect i think he's gonna have a good chance of getting of making noise this year um i think jared uh, <laughs> i think gerard dyson and malik smith i think one of the two between the two of them you're gonna get 60 uh, stolen bases i don't know what the what the <laughs> distribution between those is gonna be i'm gonna say ah oh, no this is dangerous because i love malik smith so much but that that raised team, <laughs> man. Oh, that that, that raised team. team. Is he gonna? Can he get on base? Dyson gets on base more. I think Malik Smith has more natural talent. Yeah. Yes, that would be. That'd be pretty true. Who's another one that I was looking at that I really liked? Drew Stubbs. <laughs> Drew Stubbs. No, he's going for no, it, right? Don't. Look at this guy. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> um, uh, Cole Tucker is someone that I saw. Cole Tucker? In the, take a look at Cole Tucker. Cole I'm interested Tucker. in if he's ever if he's ever going to play. If he plays. Might be an interesting one. Anyways, I'm going to put up... I'm going to put some of, some of these clustering results on the, uh, on the Twitters, but... You know, really, this is a specialist game, as we've talked about before. And um, invest in the guys that you think are going to get playing time. See if you can guess what song in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy soundtrack we're talking about in this outtake. I actually got the track list off of the off of the CD, and I was like, "This doesn't agree. What is what is going on here?" <laughs> wow! <laughs> I hadn't even known that it was. So he's doing like two minutes of a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. 
a forlorn banjo. Yeah, he took. Maybe like, that's gonna be the title of this. He took like the forlornest part. <laughs> I'm pretty confident that this is not the only time that we're going to try and make sense of small number statistics this season. No. <laughs> <laughs> whether it's whether it's trying to analyze somebody that just got brought up to the majors and looking at their early plate appearances or even any time during the next month that we reference how someone has done so far this year, we're going to be talking small number stats. Oh, yeah, and I mean, like, every single time that a closer starts blowing up, it's just like, ooh, wow, look at how he is over the last Well, two the closer weeks. thing <sighs> is kind of interesting because managers react to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Managers, I think, are less likely to react to batters' slow starts or stolen base problems, in part because they actually see practices. <laughs> this section is actually somewhat of a corollary to Eric. Uh, what if your team is stealing bases and you didn't think that they would? Are you some sort of weird, omniscient draft god who knew that they oh were going to be stealing? Or are you just insanely lucky? And the way that I'm going to do this is by doing the first Monte Carlo of the year on the 2017 stats, taking however many games each individual player has played this year, and randomly drawing from their from that many games last year and doing this 10,000 times for each player and seeing what the number that they turned up is. Why do you pout when I say Monte Carlo? <laughs> well, I think <laughs> I think that I've had many people say what exactly is a Monte Carlo simulation? But that's you just described it. A Monte Carlo simulation is running something a thousand times 10,000 come on man we're not 10, amateurs times. here I'm sorry. so a Monte Carlo simulation is just drawing randomly from at in this particular case is just drawing from a distribution randomly so for instance last year your average player played not quite 162 games but some number of that they some number up to 162 games so what I do is I look at every game that they played and I randomly pick from one of the games that they played in and ask, how many bases did they steal during this game? And I do that right. for 8 to 10 games, however many they've played this year, and then I do it 10,000 times and sum those up and compare the two numbers. <laughs> it's way too complex here. <laughs> it's way too complex, but it's also just so so simple, right? Yes, and I've thought of a bunch of ways that I could that you could add bells and whistles to this, um, trying to weight by plate appearances, trying to weight by at bats and outcomes and and pitchers, and it's just not worth it. <laughs> but the reason right. that I turn to Monte Carlo for a problem like this is because it's great for small number statistics. This and this is a unique scenario where it's hard to you can't really take an average. So a Monte Carlo works best when you can't take a conventional average for some reason. So we can't just say, all right, um, Brandon Belt has stolen a base this year. Is He stole one base in eight games. How does that compare with his average of bases stolen last year? It doesn't right, really it doesn't work. Make, you want to know, is it, is, what is the likelihood that he would have drawn, that he would have stolen a base if you ask any random eight games last year? Right. All right. Is there anybody, I know that you just spent some time looking at stolen bases, is there anybody that jumped off the page for you? Kevin Pillar. Mm. 
So Kevin Pillar, you know, is somebody that has a well-sampled distribution from last year. So the way that this the way that this model works is that I looked at how many stolen bases they've stolen this year, looked at what I drew from the Monte Carlo, and then normalized it. Kevin Pillar is at plus two point seven sigma right now. That's uh, what did we normalize to? Uh, it, it's normalized to a standard deviation of, of one. So it's so it's a two point seven sigma okay. result that he would have stolen this many bases. So also not hugely likely, but. Not hugely likely, but but possible. Um, somebody else that that probably didn't jump off the page in this in that same two point seven range is Francisco Lindor, with three stolen bases is also fairly unlikely that he would have that he would have done this. You mentioned you teased this earlier. Tim Anderson and Trey Turner. I promised you that yep. one of them I believe is real. Yeah, Trey Turner. Trey Turner is yeah. Trey Turner is pretty much sitting in a one <laughs> sigma result, so it might be it might be a little high, but still believable. On the other hand, mm-hmm. Tim Anderson is at seven point three sigma right now. Oof. <laughs> so he's not he's not yeah. infinite, but it's pretty just unlikely. so everybody understands. Three sigma is is what percent of the of a distribution is within three sigma like. 95 66 no, 95 it's 95 yeah, yeah 95 is within three sigma 95 of the whole distribution yes the entire yes. bell curve okay so the current <laughs> the current king of outlying though is hanley ramirez <laughs> yeah that's what two two more than he got all last year yep yep so he uh this is this is a weird one weird outlier um, and I have to say, I'm heartened by my opponent this week, Reese Hoskins, also massive outlier. No way. <laughs> he is employed for power. Yeah. Why is Reese Hoskins stealing bases suddenly? What is going on here? But so those are the guys that actually have stolen an appreciable number of bases. I'm actually interested in the guys that are that have stolen one base. Have not. Yeah, yeah, both that both that have stolen one or have a have a decrement. So I'm wondering because guys that steal one stolen base a week, as we talked about in the first half, are valuable still. So yeah, well, what about so what about Billy Hamilton? How unlikely is it that he has <laughs> his so, his stolen base total? So Billy Hamilton is a negative one sigma result. He's only stolen one stolen base this year, and. And the same thing is true for two other guys that you mentioned, Cameron Maven and Jose Altuve, who have each only stolen one base. Yeah. Those are guys that are that are negative one sigma results. They are primed to bounce back. A bunch of guys that haven't stolen a base yet this year that, that seem incredibly unlikely. Um, I think basically what we've learned from your section, though, Eric, is that maybe this will lend itself a little bit more weight after week three. The distribution will look a little bit better. Because we sort of... Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. We sort of talked about this before. I think this is giving us a little bit of a, a hint at, at this. But I think this is giving us more of a handle on the guys that we, we have observed that they've stolen a base in the, in the sort of survival analysis type sense. That we have observed the event. We have much less power on the guys that we haven't seen the event yet. 
So plenty of guys that have stolen a base that we don't expect, like do not expect to get another stolen base out of Jay Bruce. Do not expect to get that many stolen bases out of Didi Gregorius. Uh, Addison Russell stole a base last week. Thank you for my team, but don't expect that. Josh Donaldson, Hunter Pence. I mean, all these guys like that that stole a base last week, almost all of them you shouldn't believe. <laughs> <laughs> the guys the guys that you should let me let me tell you the guys that you should believe based on their distribution chris owings i predicted him to be a specialist last year he's not a specialist but his stolen base total is real mike trout two stolen bases totally real good job mike trout Love still it. the best player in baseball uh brian dozier mookie betts jonathan vr charlie blackman yasiel puig even all these guys you should believe the their their stolen bases Totally within the normal distribution. And Starling Marte. Starling Marte, yeah. So it's basically everybody that you thought was going to steal bases that you believed in um, and has stolen a base is in there. And then anyone that you didn't think... This is a pretty good gut check. <laughs> anyone that you didn't think was yeah, going to steal a base. Yeah, this is a pretty good gut check. you got to worry about those guys. Um, so my takeaway would be I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep running this. I'm gonna see when the distribution starts to converge. It's a very it's a very straightforward model. Doesn't take very much time at all. Um, the cleaning is minimal. I was impressed that I was able to dust off this uh, this code from last year. Man, we are starting to really build up a a code base that we can like get in get out. I'm feeling like I'm not building nearly as much from scratch this year there there are very there are not as many problems where i'm like how am i gonna do this anymore where it's like (laughs) oh darn it am i really gonna have to code this yep no good for us all right you about ready to wrap this sucker up um not if it means that we have to talk about the nba playoffs that my beloved Timberwolves are currently in the process of trying to play themselves out of. Oof, they really are. Uh, so, 46, 46 wins. 40, 46 wins. And and we might they, not make the playoffs. You, you might not make the playoffs. That's absolutely true. Those Denver Nuggets are coming for you. And we play them. On yeah. Thursday, last game of the season. Man, it's scary. I mean, I appreciate that we beat the Grizzlies. Good feeling. <laughs> but, <laughs> yikes. I mean, the Grizzlies also appreciate that we beat them, so it's kind of a <laughs> kind of a hollow victory. Well, the Grizzlies have been playing spoiler for a little while here. So... You know, the, I think the over-under before the season, at least one that I'm going off of, is 46 and a half games. Well... So they would have to win this last game to be able to... Well, Vegas... Beat that uh, over-under. Vegas pegged them. But that I think they, that over-under also assumed that they were actually going to make the playoffs, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um... And Everybody know. is stuck here. Uh, they'd be the one team looking out. If yeah, they, if they were uh, surpassed by Denver, there's one spot left right now. Uh, I do not feel good about that. Anyways, I think that about brings us to the movie review. H H G two G, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. 
I um I liked this more than I thought I was going to. There are I mean, it's full of Douglas Adams lines, so it's just right up our alley in terms yep. of the humor. So you poo-pooed the second half of this movie offline to me last week. It's actually not the second half of the movie. It's it's from the point where um, the George Bush Zaphod Beeblebrox shouts Magrathea, and then they realize it's not Magrathea, and it's the um, whatever the well, I can't remember the name, but the uh, the planet is with the mm-hmm. many many armpits and the and the nose. It's that point until yeah. basically when. Um, Slarty, <laughs> Slarty Bartfast finds, finds um, Arthur. To that, between those two points, I kind of hate the movie. But, like, outside of those two points, it's very, very Douglas Adams. I feel like I can tell that he either didn't care or was not actually involved in, in that piece. And, you know, it happened after he passed away. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I I feel that as well because that that was I came to that conclusion also. All of the politics stuff is just like crazily spot on. I, I was I actually was struck by how well most parts of the movie aged. Yeah, even like his phone, to an extent. His phone. I kept on like, oh, he's got an uh-huh. iPhone. No, it's not an iPhone. I mean, the, the actual Hitchhiker's Guide looks like not the worst thing. Looks like it could be a, um, what are the the Amazon book reader things? Kindle. Kindle, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it looks like it could be a Kindle, basically, like a really advanced one. Something between a Kindle and, and an iPad. Yeah, I mean, maybe this is the type of thing where we'll watch this again in 10 years and it'll look like it aged really badly. Could be. But Douglas Adams, be. man, so far ahead of his time in his writing. Unbelievable. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. No, and like so many of the issues that he that he's covering are just like so perfect. It's like his quote about what is it? About like anyone who can get themselves elected president should in no way <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> be allowed to rule. <laughs> oh boy. Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster. I like that. They overact they overact slugging it back just a tiny bit, but probably the appropriate amount. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. It's I mean it's an important one. It's too bad that the I mean the book is still that much better than the movie, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, Mike. Next week's movie. I've got a I've got a list of just really hot ones. But I'm thinking it might be time to go back to the well and finish off one of these one of these series. Oh my. Are you ready for that? Oh my. We're going to go back to Indiana Jones and watch The Last Crusade. Last Crusade. So we're saving Raiders yep. of the Lost Ark for last because there's no other movies. <laughs> I'm Oh, you mean after we do The Crystal Skull? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do the week that you propose the Crystal Skull. <laughs> I mean, just wait two weeks and see. Uh, 
I mean, I'll, I'll watch it. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is worst luck to you, buddy. Worst luck to you, too. Yeah!